Jordan Assembly of God, Sunday, September 9th, 2012, Pastor Greg Wolf. Title of the sermon, God, Do I Trust Him or Not? Part 3. We have been in a series, or in the third part of the series, God, Do I Trust Him or Not? And um, we've spoken on several things. And then, and then this journey, which is what I like to call, you know, just every single day as we go, as we walk in God, as we learn about God, it's not really, it's not really a sermon. It's not really anything. It, 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 it's it's us seeking God. It's us coming before God and glorifying Him and learning what it means to serve Him and learning what it means to really trust Him instead of trusting on our own selves, on our own reality, on our own logic. Because our own logic will actually get us in trouble. And uh, the other week we spoke on the foundation and how when you build on a foundation of God and God has this foundation laid out and we pick a corner of the foundation and we say, but my house is going to stick on over. I'm only going to have this part of my life. I'm going to have like about a foot or so of my life on the solid rock, but then I'm going to fill the rest of it with, with my own knowledge. It's like you're filling back with sand and you're putting your own knowledge and your own logic to your life. And we learned last week about how you know that's not going to work. How in reality the, wind, the winds are going to hit and trouble is going to come and that portion of the house is just going to be straight down. We cannot pick what portion of God's foundation we want to have. We either have it all the way on God's foundation or we really don't have any of it. God says, I would rather you be hot or cold, not lukewarm. If you're lukewarm, I spew you out of my mouth. Don't, you know, don't have that double-mindedness there. In part one of this, of this series, the question came up, God would never let this happen or let that happen to me, right? And we come up with all these things of the reasons why bad things can't happen to us, either because we're a good person or because, well, you know, nothing is like that has ever happened before or um, God just loves me too much to actually have that happen. And reality is, is that God's purpose is much far greater than what we can even imagine. Let's turn to um, Genesis chapter 17. It's 16 through 22. We're going to learn about Abraham and Isaac. Most of you probably already know. But let's give a little bit. Abraham and Isaac, or Abraham was promised a child way back when. He promised that his, God made a covenant with him that his his generations would spread through and be as many as the sand. Uncountable. And um, so we find out here in Genesis chapter 17, 16 through 22, and uh, these are, you know, this is what God is telling him. And then God said to Abraham, Oh, and sorry. Uh, in verse 15, then God said to Abraham, As for Sarah, 
your wife, you shall not call her name Sarah. This is when the name changed, but Sarah shall be her name. So not Sarai, but Sarah. And in verse 16, And I will bless her and also give a son by her. Then I will bless her and she shall be a mother of nations. Kings of peoples shall be from her. Now this is the reason why Abraham had a little difficulty with this. Then Abraham fell on his face and laughed and said in his heart, Shall a child be born to a man who is 100 years old? And shall Sarah, who is 90 years old, bear a child? Let me explain something. This is the man that he was living with his family. He was all okay. He was all right there. And God says, I want you to go and go to an unknown place. And where, where that is, that's where I'm going to establish you. And so he picked up his family and he left. So that's, much, that's how much faith, I mean, that he had. He was told and then he went. But here, it's been years later. He's now 100 years old. His wife is 90 years old. And he's saying, shall a child be born to me now? I am this old. Verse 18, And Abraham said to God, Oh, that Ishmael, which is a which is a child that he had from another lady, we won't get into that, might live before you. Then God said, No, Sarah, your wife, shall bear you a son, and you shall call his name Isaac. I will establish my covenant with him for an everlasting covenant and with his descendants after him. And as for Ishmael, I have heard you. Behold, I have blessed him and will make him fruitful and will multiply him exceedingly. He shall beget twelve princes and I will make him a great nation. But my covenant I will establish with Isaac, whom Sarah shall bear to you at this, time, at this set time next year. Then he finished talking with him and God went up from Abraham. Now, some time goes by, and if you flip over to Genesis chapter 18, verses 9 through 15, angels had basically come down. This is a period of time where um, God was sending you know, uh, angels to check out Sodom and Gomorrah. So angels were coming back down. Abraham saw him saw the angels, bowed down before them and said, hey, please, would you come and eat with us and whatever. He's preparing food, whatever. In verse 9, then they said to him, where is Sarah, your wife? So he said, here in the tent. And he said, I I will certainly return to you according to the time of life. And behold, Sarah, your wife, shall have a son. Sarah was listening in the tent door, which was behind him. Now Abraham and Sarah were old, well advanced in age, and Sarah had passed the age of childbearing. Therefore Sarah laughed within herself, saying, After I have grown old, shall I have pleasure, my Lord being old also? And the Lord said to Abraham, Why did Sarah laugh? Saying, Shall I surely bear a child since I am old? Is anything too hard for the Lord? At the appointed time I will return to you, According to the time of life, and Sarah shall have a son. Declared it once again. But Sarah denied it, saying, I did not laugh, for she was afraid. And he said, no, but you did laugh. How many people have had promises in their life, and it seemed like God just doesn't really even pay attention. Or you feel like God is going to be doing something, and it feels like God's just taking forever to accomplish it. I mean, it happens. Whereas, 
you feel in your heart that God has something, or even maybe God has even given you a dream or given you a vision or something like that, but it seems like it's taking forever for God to do anything about it. Or maybe you prayed for something for so very long and nothing seems to be happening. Nothing seems to be going the direction that you want it to go. They're being promised this child, they're being promised this child, they're being promised a whole entire nation. And they got way, 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 way old. And the reason why I'm building this up is in Genesis chapter 21, verses 1 through 7, this comes the fulfillment. And the Lord visited Sarah as he had said, and the Lord did for Sarah as he had spoken. For Sarah conceived and bore Abraham a son in his old age at the set time of which God had spoken to him. And Abraham called the name of his son who was born to him, whom Sarah bore to him, Isaac. Then Abraham circumcised his son Isaac when he was eight days old as God had commanded him. Now Abraham was 100 years old when his son Isaac was born to him. And Sarah said, God has made me laugh. And all who hear will laugh with me. She also said, Who would have said to Abraham that Sarah would nurse children? For I have borne him a son in his old age. Great, what does this what, what does this have to do with God? Do I trust him or not? Did they have difficulties with trusting God? Yes, they did. As a matter of fact, that's the reason why Ishmael was born, is because Sarah had difficulties trusting God. And said, you know, basically to Abraham, here's my, here's my, um, was it, bondservant. And, uh, you know, let, let you have children through her. And Sarah was getting tired of waiting. Abraham was getting tired of waiting. And, but that caused major, major issues. But God still said, no, no, it'll be through you and Sarah. So, the reason why I'm building this up is because there's a majorly important testing that happened. In Genesis chapter 22, 1 through 12. Now it came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, here I am. Then he said, Take now your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. Okay. I just told you that they've waited years for this one child. They were told nations. What they didn't understand was that nations were going to come out of Isaac, their kid, not necessarily them. You see what I mean? Yes, it was going to be their line. But they waited years for it, and now all of a sudden God's going to him. I want you to sacrifice your only son. I want you to take the thing that you've been waiting for me to fulfill my promise for all this time, and I want you to give it up. Think about that. 
He waits a hundred years to have one child be born to this family, and then he says, Oh, yeah, oh, by the way, um, <clears throat> you know about that kid? How would that make you feel? I don't know about you, but if you've ever waited for a child or anything else like that or had any difficulties in that line or had any loss of child or any way, you know that that is not something that you're just going to leap for joy over. That's not something that you're going to say, wait, 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 whoa, yeah, sure, let me just get to the front of the line. I'll just go ahead and I'll take my only son. And sure, you know, so what if I've waited a hundred years for my kid? Not a problem. You have to understand something that God was testing and His His way of looking at things are way different than the way we look at things. We look at a fairness that we say, well, this is fair and this is fair and this is fair. And God says, no, I want you to follow me because you want to follow me, not because I do things for you. I don't know how long, I mean, it doesn't say what kind of arguments maybe Abraham had had that faith in God to such an extent at this point in time where he did not argue. I don't know. All I know is that he had to be hurting in his heart right now. You cannot be human and not hurt in your heart. So Abraham rose early in the morning and saddled his donkey and took two of his young men with him and Isaac his son and he split the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place of which God had told him. Then on the third day Abraham lifted his eyes and saw the place afar off. So it take three days to get there and Abraham said to his young men stay here with the donkey the lad and I will go yonder and worship and we will come back to you. Notice that statement, we will come back to you. Very interesting, isn't it? He was hurting inside, but he still had faith that God would do something. So Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering, verse 6. So Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac, his son. And he took the fire in his hand and a knife, and the two of them went together. But Isaac spoke to Abraham, his father, and said, My father. And he said, Here I am, my son. Then he said, Look. The fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? And Abraham said, My son, God will provide. For himself, the lamb, for a burnt offering. So the two of them went together. Then they came to the place of which God had told him, and Abraham built an altar there, and placed the wood in order. And he bound Isaac his son, and laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched out his hand, and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. So he said, here I am. Since you have not withheld your son, your only son from me. God would never let that happen to me, right? 
God would never let me go through pain, right? His purpose and His goal for you is to come as close to Him as you can. To fear Him more than you fear the things of this world. To fear Him more than you fear the person that is sitting next to you. To fear Him more than you fear the people around you. You are so holy in this place right now, Lord God. You are so holy in this place. Teach us your statutes, Lord God. Teach us your ways. Make us walk in the path of your commandments. Help us to listen to you, Lord God, and not to ourselves. May we consider you more important than we consider our own ideas. In the name of Jesus.